Hi, it's Dr. William Renner. I myself am board certified in internal medicine and radiology. I'm honored to moderate a series of podcasts focused on evidence-based medicine and wellness with Dr. Alan Safdie. Dr. Safdie's board certified in internal medicine, gastroenterology. Uh, he's published himself uh, more than 300 clinical research studies and has been co-investigator in about 900 clinical research studies. Today, uh, Dr. Safdie, I want to start a series of podcasts on colon cancer because it's just such an interesting disease. Now, one thing I found really fascinating is that the age of colorectal carcinoma has been getting younger and younger. Could you comment on that, please? Yeah, Bill, that's a great point. And we're not screening you know, being involved in this for so many years. We're just not screening people early enough. Um, we've seen, and as you know, I've been recommending starting to screen people around the age of 40 or even younger, depending upon family history, I'll go through that. But recently, finally, the American College of Gastroenterology uh, has noted uh, that the colon cancer has dropped in recent years. The age of diagnosis has dropped with a higher proportion of patients age 40 to 50 years of age. Uh, that is scary. Uh, we're seeing this and it's something we've seen in our practice and other people have seen that we're seeing colon cancer in a lot of, in a lot of people at a younger age than what we did previously. So what we did is looked at the demographics of people with colorectal cancer going back to 2001 and then 2015 and comparing that for age, sex, race, and all the different characteristics of 19,000 patients with colorectal cancer. So it's not a small number of patients. Um, and in the analysis, it's found that the colorectal cancer diagnosed decreased linearly. So meaning, you know, in 2001 to 2005, it decreased in age by over a year. And finally, you know, when we go all the way out to 2015, it decreased pretty dramatically from what it was in 2001. Uh, so we're seeing a much higher percentage of patients in the younger age groups. In the older age groups, we're still seeing younger people in the older age groups. Instead of 68 years of age, it's down to 64.5 years uh, of age. But if we look in the younger one, the, the proportion of patients in the 40 to 50 year age group increased, you know, 8.7% then an interval analysis, 10.2%, all the way up to close to 12%. So that's scary. We're seeing this in patients that are at much greater risk, higher proportion of African-Americans um, in these groups. And we need to take this seriously. We need to be looking at this increased risk of colorectal cancer at younger ages. So we need to talk about so let, lifestyle. Let me, let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you about that again, what you're saying. So you're saying that the the incidence of colon cancer, colorectal cancer, is increasing, and the segment that it's increasing the most in is in younger individuals. Is that way? Is that correct? Yes. So the data suggests that there has been a doubling of cases, essentially, of colorectal cancer among patients younger than 50 years of age. If we go all the way back to the early 1990s, okay. uh, especially for. Do you have any explanation for that, or any? Uh, theories of why you think that's true? Yeah, we have to take into consideration a lot of things. Um, we hypothesize that obesity plays a huge role in early onset colorectal cancer in combination with an animal-based diet and lack of exercise. Uh, on the other hand, a plant-based diet 
exercise and weight loss can reduce the risk of colon cancer. A lot, some of this is lifestyle, some of it's genetic. Uh, we know these risk factors are also present among those older than 50 years of age, uh, but we're already screening those people, uh, not adequately, but we are screening those people. So we do see a degradation in lifestyle um, in this younger age group. And so what we need to do, future research should focus on diet, exercise, and the impact of the microbiome. And we've talked about the microbiome in previous um, podcasts, but we know the microbiome is huge in regards to cardiovascular disease, potentially dementia, inflammatory diseases, and colon cancer. Um, now, do we have any way to, to modify the microbiome right now? Yeah. A lot of the things that I mentioned before, um, getting rid of obesity, exercise, diet, all of those do modify the microbiome. Uh, if you take in these prebiotic fibers, uh, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, that modifies the microbiome. Exercise actually improves the microbiome. And we've talked about that in previous uh, podcasts. So, you know, th there's certain tips that we can give people to decrease the incidence. Um, you know, we're seeing about 50,000 um, cases of these, of colon cancer, which can be fatal. Um, 130,000 people will be diagnosed with colon cancer in the United States probably this year. Uh, and about 75% of all colon cancers could possibly be prevented with healthy lifestyle changes, which is huge. Uh, so, you know, I can go through a few of them. Don't smoke. I mean, obviously, um, smoke transports carcinogens into the colon where it can increase polyp size and formation. You know, if you're talking to patients or you are a patient, exercise daily. Um, you know, we really recommend regular exercise that modifies the microbiome. Obesity is a huge risk factor. Um, you know, except for smoking, nothing raises your risk for colon cancer more than being overweight other than genetics, um, especially visceral fat, fat in the abdominal area surrounding the organs inside you. Sometimes you can have visceral obesity and somebody will look quite lean. And we noticed that when I worked in India. Um, you know, limit red and processed meat, especially processed meat. Study after study has showed Diets high in, you know, processed meats like bacon, sausage, hot dogs are linked to increased risk of colorectal cancer. Um, you know, vitamin now, D. Can we change the screening, the, the colonoscopy screening uh, protocols? Uh, should we make the ages younger for, for uh, individuals? Yeah, and I've been recommending that for many, many years. Um, we're seeing now, this increase, now, and there are recommendations right now. Um, that we should be considering screening between the ages of 40 and 45, not after the age of 50. We should be getting a family genetic history on everybody. Um, and not just parents, but first and second degree relatives. We should be going out that far. We should be looking at lifestyle. We should be looking at ethnicity. Um, so all of those play a role in making this decision. We shouldn't have a clean cut cutoff um, but for me, if you have a colonoscopy starting at age 40 and I don't find anything, that may be one more colonoscopy in your life because I'm going to wait eight to 10 years till you're close to 50 before I do the next one. It's a very inexpensive way to prevent colon cancer. 
uh, and yeah, we'll let, talk let in the next week. From a, yeah, let me just say from a personal point of view, I started having colonoscopies uh, when I was about uh, 45 and um, uh, uh, was found to have uh, just a few polyps, uh, but certainly polyps. And uh, now I get colonoscopies about every three years. Uh, I don't even find it uncomfortable. The, uh, the new preps are so good. You just drink the prep a little bit before you go to bed. You get up early in the morning at 6 o'clock. You drink a little bit more. You sit on the toilet. It's uncomfortable, but it's not painful. You don't have cramps. You, you go on the toilet for about an hour. Then you have the colonoscopy. They put an IV in you, and you wake up, and you're, you're, you're free. Um, I mean, I, the, to me, there's really no downside to it. I mean, I, I don't even dread it or... Or, or even too concerned about it. My my brother, who's the nervous type, says that when he has his colonoscopy, when he gets his medicine to go to sleep, it's the only time in his life he's ever relaxed. So, I mean, uh, I just don't see the super downside of, of going to uh, having a colonoscopy. And most people won't have to have it every three years like I do. Most people don't have uh, uh, have uh, polyps. Um, well, in the next podcast, we'll talk about different screening mechanisms. Um, but you're right. It is not a scare. And as of today, um, we have a new prep. It's another pill prep um, that appears to be quite efficacious. We'll see once it's out on the market. Uh, but it just achieved FDA approval. But, you know, know your family history. Um, well, let's talk know. about some of those family histories. Now, now, my best friend when I was in high school um, – Developed colon cancer. This guy is a, a, a great athlete. He was a marathon runner, a vegetarian. And when he was 38, uh, he was also a brilliant accountant. Uh, when he was 38, he developed colon cancer and he was dead within a year. Um, his uh, two sisters died uh, both before uh, they uh, reached 45. Um, do you want to co comment on uh, history yeah. of uh, colon cancer? I, I mean, it's it's really important to know the family history, and we'll talk about screening and you know when to start with those family history in the podcast that we'll uh, do right after this. But people with, say, a first degree relative who's had colorectal cancer have two to three times the risk of developing the disease. Where you have multiple family members, it can be six. So 12, first degree, you mean either parents or brothers, brothers, and brothers, sisters. But you know, we look at combinations of all these. So it's a multiple of risk. And then we look at the age of incidence. So if you had a first degree relative, say at the age of 50, that had colorectal cancer, I would definitely start before you were 40. Um, remembering that it may take eight to 10 years for this colon cancer to develop. So I want to start well before that. And you may present earlier. So if somebody had colorectal cancer at 35, as you know, scary as it is, I'm going to recommend a colonoscopy in their first degree of relatives at 25 or earlier. So let's talk about the different means of screening in the next one. Um, you know, I think family history is really important. We can just discuss that, but make sure you get screened. Uh, make sure your patients get screened if you're physicians. Um, the one thing I didn't talk about is moderate the alcohol um, because that may have some correlation, including colon rectal cancer. And, you know, calcium in your diet, not necessarily calcium supplements important. And we're finding more and more evidence about vitamin D, keeping your vitamin D, 25 hydroxy vitamin D levels in the normal range. But let's talk about the different screening mechanisms on the next podcast. And this is such an important area and it's an evolving so quickly. Uh, thank you, Alan. That, again, was just a great, uh, great recount 
of uh, colon cancer. Let's let's keep this uh, this discussion going. If you like this podcast, um, please uh, click on it uh, as uh, one of your uh, favorites. Um, send us send us a note and uh, tell your friends uh, about our podcast. These are evidence based podcasts, and all we're trying to do is uh, get the message out. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Bill.